wise my tribe those who are willing to go into battle not just for me but for your other sister wives good morning um, um, anybody desperate for God on this morning <laughs> um, as he began to sing sing excuse me um, when you begin to think about the mere words that he is singing that he is speaking to our father 
I'm lost without you. I'm desperate for you. Apart from him, we don't exist. Apart from him, we are facing a world that is on the extreme decline, headed straight for hell. Without him, we don't live, we don't move, and we don't breathe or have our being. So that used to be me, lost, apart from him. But by the grace of God and by his mercies, he saved me, he rescued me. He came and literally put a wrong direction sign in front of me. He snatched me from where I was headed. And I'm so very thankful for him. So very thankful for him. Because without him, I would be nothing. I would be like a ship to Kia tossed to and fro, wondering if this particular wave is going to throw me out of the boat or will he allow me to sit just a little while longer? When you begin to stop and think about where you were, where you were going, where you were headed, but had it not been for Jesus who was on your side, where would you be? I know too much about him. You can't make me doubt him. That is why I love him so. Because he's so real to me. In the morning, he's real. In the noonday, he's real. In the evening, he's real. He's so real. I invite you to have a relationship with him, an authentic one, where you're not just going to him murmuring and complaining, but you are interconnected. You're having heart conversation with him. That's what worship is. That's that's a heart conversation. I'm gonna yield the floor. I know. Um, this morning, um, T, Letitia, because there could be two T's. I woke up with Auntie Jackie on my spirit. So good morning, Auntie Jackie. Um, good morning. So listen, today is Monday, October the 24th. Um, yeah, we have one more week left in this month and we're entering into the 11th month of the year up oh, thank you for the correction today's the 23rd i guess i'm rushing it 
And we have one more week left um, before we enter into the 11th month. And there are some of you that have procrastinated about doing a thing that keeps rising up in your spirit. So I am inviting you to complete the task. Complete the task. Complete the thing that keeps rising up in your spirit, yet you keep saying, I'll do it later. This is your reminder to do it now. For tomorrow is not promised. So complete the task today. And then my last announcement for this morning to Kia, and I'm relinquishing the floor. For those of you who live in the Northern California, San Francisco Bay Area, November the 4th, 2023, at 9 a.m., we are going after God. In a way that most churches don't go after God. There's no agenda. God says create an atmosphere. Don't set an agenda. I just want to be God. I just want to come and heal, deliver, and set free. And I need you to gather the wives because when wives pray, we win. Not just in our marriages, but in every area of our lives. The Bible says that where two or three are gathered in my name, there he'll be in the midst. So I'm not looking for the numbers. I could care less if don't nobody else show up but me, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you what he said to me. So I just had somebody say, okay, well, what are we doing? I don't know. Lady Gwen can attest, we don't know. But what I do know is that God never fails. And he always shows up in a great big way. So if you need something from God, as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister, and you know somebody else that needs something from God that's a wife, bring them. So, I got my girl with me today and I know that I've eaten up some time, but time is nothing. We stay for what we want. And I'm staying until the end because I know that the meal that has been prepared, the breakfast, that has been prepared through our father, from our father, through our sister, will be well worth every bite consumed. So now God, as I relinquish the floor to your daughter, the one who has been in your face for us, do what you do. boldly speak with authority 
because we, your daughters, your servants, are listening. Let the words of her mouth and the meditation of her heart, God, let it be acceptable unto you. As she opens her mouth, may the oracles of God speak. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm actually going to just continue in worship this morning. I don't know how many of you need him to do something. God, do it for me, God. We're on these calls because we're in expectation. God said, worship me. Praise me. Yes, God. God, fix it only the way you know how. Because only God can fix it. How many of you here this morning need God to, need God to fix something for you? Worship God. He told me we need to commune with him. Intimacy into me, God, to see. Do it on this Monday, God. Do it for the women on this call, God. For the woman that wish they could have got on the call this morning. For the one that is desperate, the one that is that is sad, God. God, if you don't do it, it can't be done. So, Lord God, do it. Hmm. Hmm. Fix it, Lord God. Once he fixes it, once he does it, nobody can change it. Nobody can stop it. Nobody can prevent it. Once you allow God to do it. But you got to believe. You got to be connected. You got to be ready. You got to be willing. To allow him to do it. Are you ready? Are you willing? Are you here for God to do it? It's been a while that I've been on the call, but please believe that I have not been out of God's will, that I've been away from him. God has been pouring, God has been speaking, God has been using, God has been delivering. And today he will bring a word 
for someone, for all of us, if we allow it to land on good soil, if we allow him to free us from our bondages, I can probably believe that there are some people on this call this morning that are confused, that are doubtful, that are feeling desperate. It doesn't mean that we're less than Christians, that we're less godly because we feel that way. It means that we're human. It means that we have, we allow the flesh to get in the way at times. It means that we still need God. With this, this is a call for wisdom. This calls for wisdom when you're confused, when you're doubtful, when you're desperate. It, it's a call for God. Wisdom is required more often than we realize. Wisdom cuts through emotion and gets to the reality of the situation. What is that wise thing to do is an effective question and decision in decision making. What is the best enterprise for me? It's a wise question to ask as it relates to business and ministry. Many times God speaks through finances, through money or the lack thereof. So if money is tight, then we need to be extremely wise with expenditures. Wisdom says cut back on expenses and do not add additional costs. At this point, it is not about lack of faith. It is about being wise stewards with what you have. So you can be trusted with more. Wise stewardship attracts generous givers. The wise are not impatient or desperate. Wisdom takes a step back. And what it does, it allows you to thoroughly evaluate the situation before charging ahead, before being irrational, before going out and not having the correct answer without, without seeking God's permission or without seeking the, what, the way God wants you to go. So do you solicit, do you seek wisdom on a constant basis? Knowledge and experience mixed with common sense and discernment is a great recipe for wisdom. Wisdom is seeking to understand God's perspective know on every matter. I'm going to say that again. Wisdom is seeking to understand God's perspective on the matters, not ours, not our sisters, not our brothers, sometimes not our husbands, because sometimes God reveals things to us before he reveals it to our husbands. But seeking him on every matter. This is why the wisdom found in God's word is so relevant for living. The Bible is a treasure trove of wisdom waiting to be discovered by the wise wisdom hunter. Are you one of the wise wisdom hunters today? Therefore, don't just pray, read, and meditate on the Bible, but also seek. Seek out wisdom. Seek to be wise. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with his, this generation and shall condemn it. 
For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a great greater than Solomon is here. Matthew 12 and 42, the King James Version. Look for people who exist, exhibit wise behavior. The wise will help you validate the inklings of wisdom you are beginning to grasp from your study of scripture. Read books, listen to messages of wise men and women. Take every opportunity to call on wisdom. Be wise in your relationships. Be wise with your money, your time. Before you realize it, your wisdom will then attract others who are hungry for the same. The crown jewel of wisdom's accumulations is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools, listen here, fools despise wisdom and discipline. Proverbs 1 and 7. The fear of God positions you to receive wisdom. Having no fear of God means you lack wisdom. No wonder, it's no wonder that this world that we live in, that this state that we live in, full of fools, is is in despair. While we hear about the murders, the, th the theft, the breaking into the, the cars, the home invasions, no wonder we hear so much of it so often and more frequent today because people are not fearing God. People are not wise enough to know that they need him, that he is the author. He is the finisher of our faith. He is the beginning and the end. He is our all. The fear of God is wise. We have lost our fear of God and wisdom was, elu it was alluded to us. The fear of the Lord is an incubator for wisdom. God dispenses wisdom to those who fear him. Love God, but fear him. Worship God, but fear him. Learn of God, but fear him. Serve God, but fear him. Your fear, our fear of God qualifies us for wisdom, qualifies you for wisdom. Do not become so familiar with God that you leave, you, you lose your fear of God. Don't become so familiar with God that you lose your fear of God. That means that you have, you believe that you have so much godliness that you forget where that godliness abounds, where it comes from. It comes from God fearing him not negating the fact that you need him for every and all things, not being so familiar with God that you think you've arrived, that you think that, oh, I don't need to seek him anymore because I have enough. It is never enough as long as we are six feet above the ground. It is never enough to think that we don't need him. To think that we cannot fear him. Yes, fear reverencing him. Allowing him the position, the priority in our lives, which he respectfully, it belongs to him. 
that would be unwise and leads to foolishness. Wisdom awaits your harvest tall. Pluck it, enjoy it like a plump luscious fruit on a hot summer day. Oh, taste and see <laughs> that it is good, that wisdom is good. No one has ever, ever, ever in my life complained of attaining too much wisdom. Call on wisdom as often as you can, calling on God, seeking him as often as you can. Seek out God, pray to God. Pray to God that he points you to someone that is wise, someone that you see that is doing or being or living the way that you would like to live, the way, the godly way, the way that God, it, he expects from us. This is the wise thing to do. Remembering, remembering that everyone is not your assignment, but guess what? You're not everyone's assignment either. When we seek out wise counsel, we have to know that it should be someone that God pointed us to, someone that God showed us that can help us. We don't want to seek wise counsel from a single friend. That's not wise. They can't help you in your marriage, even if it's your mother who has been through multiple divorces or who are separated or who has no, who is not married, who has never been married. That's not wise. That's not wisdom. Being wise and having wisdom and seeking the face of someone that can place you, well, can help you get to where God wants you is someone who has been there, someone who knows, someone who has learned through it, someone who has gone through it. That is wise. Don't, don't, don't get me, don't get me wrong. Holy Spirit, thank you. Don't get me wrong. You will get wisdom from someone who may not have experienced some things. It may come to you that way. But sometimes I feel <laughs> if you take it with a grain of salt and again, you seek God. God is the author and the finisher. So he knows when we seek wise people, thank you, Holy Ghost. When we seek wise people, when God shows us wise people, the thing that they do for us, what that wisdom does, it confirms what God has already told you. It confirms what God has already showed you. It won't get you off of the path. It won't cause you to stray. It won't cause you confusion, anger, or desperation. It will confirm what God has already told you. The person will confirm what God has already told you. We know the book. We know Solomon. We know the story of Solomon. He asked God for wisdom as a young child. David's child. <laughs> We would call him as today an angel child, someone that was birthed after the death of a child of adultery. After the death of Bathsheba and David's child, Solomon came, who ruled. Was he perfect? No. But his imperfection is to show us that 
Although we may not be perfect, if we seek God and we place God in his rightful place and we pray and ask for wisdom, God will bless us. God will keep us. God will order our steps. There are times that we have made bad decisions, but God continues to bless us. Yes, we say God won't bless our mess. God will bless you once you repent, once you turn from, once you change your stinking thinking, God will bless you. But we have to do our part. It's not only being on a call on Monday, going to church on Sunday, Bible study on Wednesday, listening to the word during the week or listening to the gospel music during the week, but it's actually applying it and living it out. And how can we do that if we're not wise, if we're not seeking wisdom? I've been talking to my husband and lately through my whole ordeal that I've been going through that God has taken me out of places and placed me into solitude. The thing for me is, have you prayed about it? And usually we don't pray specifics. We generally pray. We put it in a bucket. and We ask God to bless it. God knows our heart already. Be specific on what you are asking, on what you need, on what you need to see, what, what's the guidance? Where do I go from here, Lord? Show me, lead me, do it for me, God. That song resonated in my spirit yesterday and it popped up in my spirit again this morning. And I just had to continue that worship. Do it for me, God. Give me the wisdom. Grant me permission to be wise enough to know when, it's, when I need to take my hands off of it, when I need to step to the side, when I need to wait, when I need to go, when I need to stop, when I need to turn from, when I need to close. Sometimes when we, sometimes that wisdom, it doesn't look good. Sometimes that wisdom confuses other people because we're doing what God told us to do. Godly wisdom doesn't look like what we think it should look like. We already know that. The things that God has us do <laughs> confuses man time and time again. Time and time again. But what we can't continue to do, what we can't continue to walk, how we can't continue to go down the same path, doing the same thing over and over and over and over, and I'm going to keep going over and over and over again, expecting different results. The, that is the definition of insanity. The things we did in our 20s, and in our 30s and some of us in our 40s and we expected it to change, we can't keep doing those things expecting a different result because it's insane. If it didn't work in our 20s, it's not going to work in our 30s and our 40s. If it didn't work in our 30s, it's not going to work in our 40s. When will we relinquish that power and seek God for wisdom? When will we say, Lord, have your way?
When will we say, Lord, do it for me? You do it, God. The only way that you know how. Wise wisdom. Father God, we pray. We usually pray and say, God, fix my husband. God, do that for him. Make him do this. Make him do that. But have we looked at ourselves? Have we said, God, fix me? What I've learned in this season is that it's not my husband, it's me. What I learned in this season is that God needed to fix me because no matter what he does, no matter how bad it may look to me, the only one that is that I'm in control of is me. And the only way I can have peace is if I allow God to give it to me, regardless of what that husband is doing or not doing. Regardless of how he might say something abruptly or or, or, or make, me, make me get into my feelings, the only person I'm in control of is me. And that wisdom allows us to tame those emotions. That wisdom allows us to see us in the circumstances, to see us in the relationship. We're always so quick to blame somebody else. But let's look inside of ourselves first. Seeking God first and seeking, Lord, what do I need to do differently? How do I need to change? How do I need to talk to him? How do I need to show up in this relationship? Because even in our relationships at times, Sometimes we're the only light that our husbands even see. Sometimes we're the only epistles that our husbands even see. Praying for our husbands and not praying on our husbands. P-R-E-Y. Be the light. Be the love that they need. But we can't have that. We can't do that without wisdom, without the fear of God. We can't step back and hold our pride and hold our tongues without seeking God and without seeking his wisdom to direct us when to say, when not to say, when to shut up. I got to say that for myself. When to shut up, when to sit down, when to stop, when to go without seeking God. And with seeking God, we want to seek the wisdom to be able to apply it. Because we're not just doing it for lip service. We're doing it to apply as an application to our life. How do, Lord, how do I get better? How do I go to the next level? How do I become that living epistle? No, I can't be it without wisdom, without the fear of God. I can't be it without the pouring into. I can't be it without the application. It's great to read it, to, to read the word, to meditate it, to meditate on the word. But it's awesome and amazing when you apply the word. Apply it to your heart. Apply it to your daily living. 
I always tell people, and I say this a lot, and I know I say it a lot, I'll probably say it on the call. I always tell people, you know, we think about patience, being patient. I always say, don't pray for patience. And I say that because I don't say it to to discourage anyone from praying for patience, but I say that because when you pray for patience or when you pray for leveling up, God is going to now send you to atmospheres, into places. He's going to allow things to come to you where you actually need to activate that patience. And so for, pray, for praying for something, for meditating on something, for asking God for something, there is application to that. So now I have prayed for patience and God has sent me into a situation or brought a situation to me where I need to now activate that patience, where I need to now show up the way I have been praying for. That is what patience will do. He doesn't just put it on you and then you're just this old patient person. No. He places you in situations and allow that a discernment, allow that thing that you've been praying and asking for to show up. And in order for that to show up, God has to be on board. God has to be in control. Same thing with wisdom. You pray for wisdom. You get placed in situations where wisdom has to show up, where discernment has to be activated where you have to make it an application. We can't just pray and ask and not do it. We can't be in the classroom studying or not studying, asking questions for the test, and then we don't study for the test so that we can take the test and pass. No, we study so that we can pass the test. We study so that we don't have to go down that path again. Because remember, remember, if you don't pass the test today, it may not come back tomorrow, but please believe me, it's going to show up again. You have to activate the power to endure the test of application. Hallelujah, Doc. Yes, you have to activate the power. And how can you activate the power without discernment, without wisdom? You cannot without God. There is nothing you can do without God. So today, I behoove you, I say, I beg you to activate the power within. I want to pass the test first too, sis. I want to pass it the first time. I don't want it to come up again because let's think about it. We deal with multiple things in our lives as women, as wives. Some deal with depression, some deal with anxiety. Just think about it. if I don't pass the test the first time, that second time it come up, it can activate depression or anxiety, which I rebuke in the mighty name of Jesus. But if we don't get that under control through wisdom, through the fear of God, when we don't pass the test the first time, other things start to activate in us. Other things, the enemy tries to allow other things to dampen our spirit. When we get it right all the time, come on, no, I'm not saying that. I'm, let's be real. I'm nowhere near perfect. Nowhere near perfect. 
sometimes I the tongue that I have to tame is the tongue of hmm sailor a sailor mouth, and I'll be real and transparent on that. But in order for me to get better, I have to acknowledge that, and I have to pray that God continues to strengthen me to remove that. My husband is saying all the time. He used to say it all the time. I know my wife is saved and I know she loves God, but her mouth ain't saved. I'm trying to get my mouth saved, y'all. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Spiritual discernment and strength is so needed. If you don't have spiritual discernment, you cannot recognize when the enemy peaks, perks, when he shows his head or his hand. Without spiritual connection and discernment, you cannot pass the test or go through the storm. You'll want to stop in the mist. But in order to do that, in order to have that, you have to be connected. You have to pray for wisdom and apply it. You have to utilize the tools you've prayed for. Mm, it's no good having a toolbox and not opening it up and utilizing the tools that's in it. Let, let, it's no good to have a toolbox, but to keep it closed when you need it to fix that light. You need the screwdriver to take out the screw, to fix the light. But you continue to keep your toolbox closed and say, why, oh, poor me. But you've prayed for the tools. God purchased the tools for you. Now it's time to apply what you have. Now it's time to utilize what God put on the inside of you. God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. Fear God. Ask him for wisdom. Discern the difference between wise and foolish. Seek him daily. Fear him. Pass the test. I always say it's that simple. It's just that simple. <laughs> If we are yearning for God so much and we're in his word and we're meditating, we're praying, we should be able to recognize and discern when the enemy is attacking. <clears throat> we should be able to recognize and discern when we're continuing doing the same thing that got us the other results previously. We should be able to discern when it's time to make a change, when it's time, woo, thank you, Holy Spirit, when it's time to stop going down the same path. We can't blame the enemy for some of our choices we make that we continue to make. We can't keep blaming him. That story of, 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 of I've heard, I don't know, you at the, the, the devil is at the crosswords and, and the angel comes down and he's over there crying. And he's like, the angel said, why are you crying? He's a, he cries because all those Christians always blaming me for stuff. It's not always him, sis. It's not always him. Sometimes it's choices that we make 
we get ourselves in the bind. We have to be able to recognize that as well. That comes from wisdom. Knowing when it's us, when will we change? When will we humble ourselves knowing God, do it for me. Change me. Change me, oh God. Change my heart. Fix my mind. Order my steps. Order my steps, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord. Humility under God, all answers are given and we will rise after that. Period. <laughs> Period. When we take ourselves out of the equation, when we totally surrender, there's multiple facets to us, right? There's multiple things we have to surrender. There's multiple times. As long as we're here, six feet above the ground, there will be things we have to surrender. But until you realize it, until you humble yourself and realize God can't do it. The one, one of the amazing gifts he's given us is free will. We're not robots. He doesn't want us to be robots. He wants us to freely live out this life how he has mapped it out for us. Freely. But until we ask and humbly seek, he'll allow us to roam. He, he let the Israelites roam for 40 years. Let's be real. Ask yourself, how long have you been roaming in that same situation? When is enough enough? When is enough enough? And it's time to turn from and to make that change. God wants it for us. He gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins, for us to freely accept him and live. Wisdom. Seek wisdom. Seek God. Apply it. Pass the test. I'm just so grateful because I have been in a season, like I say, of I haven't been completely secluded, but I've been secluded enough to where I am now at a place where I don't know about anyone else, but there has been time for so long in my life that waking up in the morning, a part of my daily devotion, I always had to have music playing or listening to a sermon, but I could never be in silence. And I couldn't be in silence because of too much going on in my head. But I was challenged about a month or so ago to try to sit in silence. And in that silence, commune with God. Talk to him 
and listen to him. Since that challenge, now I'm in silence a lot more and I can hear a lot more and I can see a lot more. Things are clearer now because I don't have all these other distractions confusing me. All I have is me and God. I think before it was scary. And it was scary because I my own thoughts, the things that I had to address, the things I had to acknowledge. I didn't want to. But in order for God to take us to the next level, in order for God to activate that wisdom and communication in us and for that intimacy, we have to turn off the distractions. We have to silence the things around us. We have to pay attention to what's in front of us and learn how to acknowledge where we are, where we are, where we are, where we are going, where we want to go, where we want to be. But that takes commitment. That takes, who that takes strength to be able to silence everything else and to be able to say, here I am, Lord. And to commune with him. God wants to use you. He wants to use every one of us. We all have specific gifts. We all have talents. But sometimes we get in our own way. A lot of times we get in our own way. Let's be real. We get in our own way. But let's 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 step let's take a step back and pause and just reevaluate some things. So that we can move forward on the things that God needs from us. Let's not be like Miles Monroe has said before. Let's not be that graveyard that means there's gifts and talents in the graveyard. There's so many things that people took with them that was not shared because of fear, because of hard-headedness, because of stubbornness. Because of arrogance, because of ignorance, because of ourselves. Let's do better. What, what about that? We can just do better. The Bible speaks about nothing but love. There is no reason that all this love on this call cannot help change what's going on in the world today. Cannot create more evangelists to go out to show the, the sin-sick world what love and God looks like. But until we seek God and seek wisdom and begin to apply it, things will not change. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of that insane, that insane way of doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. It ain't working. It's time for change. The change you want to see must first begin in me. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost.
Thank you for this morning. Thank you for Sister Denise. Thank you for the sisters on the call. We praise your name, God. Dear God, Lord, we invite you into today. And I pray that your presence would please, God, surround us. We're your servants, God, and I give you permission. We give you permission to do whatever you want in us, through us, with us, Father God. We grant you permission, take authority and power over the enemy. Declare that nothing formed against us shall prosper this day, God. I ask you for your angels to keep guard and protect ourselves, to protect each and every woman on this call, to protect her family, Father God, from the attempts and the attack of the enemy, God. Protect her, Lord God. Plead the blood of Jesus over our lives and reinforce the and the full and complete armor of God upon all of us on this call who are listening this morning, who will listen later on today, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for your love and kindness. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy, for allowing us another chance, another opportunity to get it right, to do it your to do your will and to do it. Your way, God, grant us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, Jesus. And it's in your son, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm here, I'm here. Hallelujah. Okay, okay. Regardless. Regardless. I was say you hear it on your end. I don't hear it on this. I don't hear. It. I don't think we hear it, but you hear it. <laughs> um, um, you say, you say it. God knows, God my, knows my. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And immediately, immediately, I said to I myself, said myself, "That's part of the part of the." Part of the <laughs> it's male. Mm -hmm. Because, because he knows. He knows Heart, heart. It's scary. Which is not, Which always, is not always good. Good. Come on. Come on. Come on. Mm -hmm. In the seeking of wisdom. wisdom. Seek, seek a renewed heart, heart, and mind. mind. Because, because I'm telling you, when he said it, it's just like, because some of your hearts are so tainted and foul and 
Which can cause cause air air and sinking sinking the wisdom. wisdom. I know that there's an echo. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa. Yeah, her and Wanda both said, I don't hear it. Um, Maybe because I'm in the studio with you, but I don't hear it. I'm like, I know, I know. (laughs) Is that any better, any better? It is not. It's not. It's not. A heart transplant. Is mandatory. Is mandatory. They say it is still there. A heart transplant. When we say that, I understand and acknowledge and have been down that path a long time. We say we have said that so many times and times again. People use that. Oh, what the Lord knows my heart. Oh, what the Lord knows my heart. And we usually use it when it's when we've done something wrong or something we feel like has been taken out of context. The Lord knows my heart. When we say that, we need to actually be afraid because the, the Lord actually does really know our hearts. He know God, we look on the outside, right? We look on the outward parts of how we how we look. But God looks inside, and inside is that heart, is that, that unhealed that heart. Go ahead, and let's see. Are you lagged now? <laughs> I'm like, now are you lagging? Patricia's much better. God is good regardless. God is good regardless. It's like a crutch, said. Yes, heal our hearts, Lord. Take that stony heart and make it flesh. You went to your phone. <laughs> Listen, the devil is a liar. Yeah. That's much better, actually. <laughs> huh? I think so. Bless you. Hallelujah. Um, great word. Um, Bless you. Nope, I'm still here. Um, um, Turn off all your, look at all, minimize all your screens or turn off the values. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Bless you all. Um, we know that this is a distraction. This is a, a distraction. But like we say, the devil is a liar. Huge, huge, and I pray that just you know the seed has been planted. Someone else will water it, and God get the increase. That we can continue to strengthen each other. Iron sharpens iron, and the wisdom of God is the only way we can sharpen one another. 
bless you, bless you. I, I just want to be, I just want to be a vessel. It's another device. Girl, girl. And it's still and happening. Still okay, I don't know. Just go through it. No, nope, <laughs> I'm not going to do, do that. You in the call. In the call. Bless you all. I pray that you all have an amazing day and that the words of God let, let it rest on your heart. And we do pray for a heart transplant because knowing that that, that saying that we've often say, said, you know, Denise pointed out that God knows our heart. Remember, he does. He actually does. And it should scare us. It should scare us enough to make a change. It's a, it should scare us enough to know that we can't use that as a crutch and as an excuse anymore. We need to have a heart transplant, a heart transplant today. <laughs> so I pray that it that the words landed on good soil and that someone waters it and that God we remember that God gets to increase. We thank you all. We love you all. We see you next Monday. <laughs> we will see you all. We love you. Uh, continue to war in Christ. Love you all.